Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Andrelli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm here to talk about the wildly successful and insanely popular series, The Conjuring. So this is a trilogy that I was previously very aware of, uh, but I had never actually seen any of the movies, which I feel like is very surprising uh, to, to me, to a lot of other people that I had told that to. Um, and just like in general, it's like they're big movies. They're, like I said before, extremely popular. And so it sort of seemed weird that I'd be missing out on this kind of cultural event almost. I knew they were very good movies, and I knew that I would like them when I got around to them, but for some reason, it just took me so damn long to get around to them. I can't even tell you how many times these have been on my queue, and then uh, it, they, like, move streaming services, and then I never watched it, and then, like, the streaming service that it goes to is one that I don't have, and I don't want to pay for it, and so I don't end up watching it, or or maybe it goes to one that I do have, and so I'll put it on my queue again, and then I'll not watch it again. And it's crazy. It's been like this weird game of telephone almost uh, for a long time. But I finally decided, you know what? I'm going to force myself to watch these movies, especially in the wake of Malignant, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, I thought this would be the perfect series for the third annual Halloween special. So I sat down and I watched them. And I got to tell you, I really enjoyed them. I mean, like I said, not exactly a surprise. Um, this is kind of what I knew was going to happen going in. But in general, there's a lot of things about these movies that surprise me, um, I would say. And I think that one of the biggest things is how pulpy they are, in particular the first one. I think that really caught me off guard, that there's like a lot of kind of bright colors and like elements of Americana in that one. And there's also that just stylistically, the the choice to have the that bright yellow text and to have you know, just the way that it kind of, the way it, it goes, like the, it, it scrolls and... Um, and and uh, you get like that very distinct, like, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren, whatever, this is the case that blah, 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 that based on the true story, and then it scrolls up to reveal the title and all that kind of stuff. That The way that that stuff kind of happened and stylistic choices in the movie, that really surprised me. I was not expecting that kind of stuff. I really thought it would be more of a straightforward doom and gloom horror movie. And one of my favorite aspects of not just that movie, but all three, is the relationship between Ed and Lorraine Warren. I did not expect to like them so much as characters. I think that's one of the best things that this movie has as like a kind of a through line. It's they're the heart and soul of this entire series. They are really, really great together. And you really like just love their relationship. And I just love that it's a couple in a movie that never really fight they have no issues of like infidelity they don't break up and have to get back together there's none of that kind of standard stuff that like happens where it's like um you know it's a husband who's cheating on his wife and they're trying to make it work but it's not working or something like that or like the they're in a divorce situation and they the, the kids are like a problem or whatever or they you know it's all kinds of stuff and they'll manufacture tension and they'll throw things in with like you know, it was a total misunderstanding and now he's going to get her at the airport or whatever. I mean, obviously, that's more of a romantic comedy thing, but you know what I mean. A lot of times they'll throw kind of manufactured drama into movies like this just because. And I like that this relationship is just strong and it's just steadfast and it's never shaken. 
the only fights that they really get into are ones where they're trying to kind of save the other one where they really really don't want uh, the other one to get into a particular situation and i think that they're just so great together they have great chemistry and the fact that they're so good together really carries a lot of these movies or a lot of the um the, like the darker parts of these movies rather I, I think that was one of the best parts about it and i also think that just in general the heart behind these movies is a lot more uh prevalent than i expected i really didn't expect there to be that much of like kind of a an earnestness and a sincerity to this to these series like the moment in two where he uh ed's playing the guitar for the kids and the moments in the first one where they're kind of bonding as like not just ed and lorraine but also with the family that they're trying to help it's it's like there's so many moments where they um they just really make you care about the characters and they really kind of bring you into the world in that way. And I did not expect that from these movies. I really, I don't honestly know what I was expecting, but I think it was just more of like all horror all the time. This is the darkest, scariest movie you've ever seen and, and all that kind of thing. But I didn't really anticipate that there was going to be this other side to it, this kind of warmer side to it. And I really like that stuff. Now, I mean, that's not to say that the horror stuff wasn't, because it really really was i'd say in particular the second one is my favorite of any of them and that is for a lot of reasons uh but in particular one of the biggest is that the scares in that one are the best i think the uh the iconography that it introduces that stuff is just so much creepier than anything that the first or third have to offer and that's not to say that the the first one isn't creepy actually the first one is really creepy i would say like there's just so much eeriness to especially those early moments the stuff where it's like it's not overt it's just like okay that could be a weird coincidence or you know you could have just fallen and hit and and hit yourself or you could have you know, whatever, like whack your arm in your sleep, you know, but it's, it's like all these weird things that are kind of lining up and it seems at first like they could be explained, but as it keeps escalating, it just keeps ratcheting up that tension. I really like that. I thought that that was all really well done in the first movie, but in this, in the second one, I think that they do a great job of not only having that aspect of it, where at first it's like just little things and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger, but then also when you see the demons like for the forms that it takes and stuff there's so much variety to it and there's so many different cool ways that they they use this stuff and i thought that was like really really awesome i thought a lot of that stuff was just like really inspired the way that they use it the nun is obviously a great character uh they made a whole movie about it that wasn't very good but still that's uh you know i get why the desire was there to make that movie uh and the the crooked man oh my god that was that was freaky and all the stuff when she's actually possessed um that that girl and she's like floating around and you know shit's flying everywhere and she's screaming and cursing and like just saying vile shit in a voice that's not her own i thought that all that was very well done too and i think that it's stuff that's done in movies like the exorcist or you know, a lot of really influential horror movies before it. But I think that there's a lot of ways in which it does it a lot better. And I found it a lot more genuinely affecting than um, 
some of the other movies that I'd watched in the kind of similar genre. And I, I also think that the big part of that is because you fall in love with the kids so hard before shit starts to hit the fan. I mean, their banter and their uh, back and forth between one another and all that stuff. I thought that was really well done. And the way that they, they show you this family's life and the hardships the mother is facing and the way that they, they all really love each other. They're just in this really bad situation. And the fact that this then happens on top of everything, it just, it really makes everything just a million times worse than it would have been otherwise. And just starting from that point, I thought was very well done. I think the third one was my least favorite of all of them. I would say, honestly, uh, it would it would go two one three, and it's not that I didn't like the third one. It's just that I think that it has a lot of cool ideas and a lot of cool isolated sequences, but I would say like the whole is lesser than the sum of its parts. I think that there's a lot of stuff where they they do it really well, and there were some jump scares that really got me, and I think that they were well done. It wasn't just like, oh, uh, they drop all the music out and but. but you know, there's a loud noise, but oh, but it was the cat or, you know, that kind of thing that you've seen a million times in horror movies. I think they did a good job of actually like building it up in a natural way and, and really letting the scare kind of sit, sink with you. Like it, they, they build that tension and, and that anticipation. And then they did a good job of actually kind of scaring me a couple of times. And there was some, uh, some stuff with like the way that kid moves in that first scene where, oh my God, where his, like his he's like twisting like his head under his like back and like his the way his body is contorting and shit that was crazy that was so well done and so effective um and there is a lot of sequences where i thought uh they they did a good job of building up like an intrigue and attention and um there's kind of that underlying darkness of like uh, a lot of freaky moments where just you know the the murders happen and you get like these moments of intense violence and stuff and i thought a lot of the way that they conveyed all that stuff and the way the demon kind of takes over and the feeling that you're getting from that i think they did a really good job of all of that however i think that uh they they kind of lose steam especially towards the end and it just becomes very generic for a while i really liked that it was kind of more of a procedural like a almost a police procedural than it was a standard horror movie. And it really seemed like it was taking the story in a different direction. But then it kind of just ends up being stuff you've seen a, a thousand times before. I mean, like the, the moment of, of a good guy going bad and the, and a, you know, the good guy, another good guy trying to be like, wait, no, remember who you are. This isn't you. Like we've seen that a million times we know Ed's not going to kill her. That's obviously not going to be the ending of this movie. So it, it just seemed like why go for such a generic thing when you had this really cool kind of alternate take on a traditional horror movie going, you had like the police procedural kind of investigative thing mixed in with uh, the sort of court case thing. And they really don't go anywhere with either of it, uh, either of those things. And I think that they had like a really interesting idea with the cult too. That could have been a really awesome idea to explore further. And I get that to some degree they're beholden to whatever the true story was. Obviously, I don't really know exactly what happened. I didn't do all that kind of research. So maybe that's part of the reason why they 
you know, they're kind of shackled to a less interesting story. But at the same time, I guarantee you a vast majority of this shit didn't happen. So it's like, why not just go all the way? Like, who cares? No one's like, oh, well, I only go for the for the documentary aspects. Like, come on. I, I think that uh, that putting them against a, a group of villains that are all going, ex- you know, entirely against everything that the Warrens believe in. That would have been really cool. Having a small town that's got this really corrupt center to it and it's got all these people that are involved in scary shit. That would have been really awesome to see explored. And having um, some villains that are in any way as creepy as some of the stuff that goes on in 2. Because what you get is just like a lady. It's just a lady. It's not even like a scary lady. It's not anything even remotely as as eerie as the nun. It's just like literally a lady. So it's like what you know, I I don't understand. I expect that to be as scary as all the stuff that we saw in the second one. But I do like a lot of the the stuff surrounding that. I like I said, I think there's a lot of isolated sequences where the scares are very well done and the perspective of the killer is very well done. And um, I really liked Ed and Lorraine's arc in that movie as well i think that was that was all um that was all very like intriguing and heartwarming i really liked the whole thing of the the flashback to how they met and then eventually at the end he takes her back to that spot and it was all very sweet and and just nice to watch you know it's it's just pleasant to watch a relationship of two people that just love each other and unconditionally and they just want to help each other and they are united by this common goal and it was just I really like that aspect of it. I think that was really one of my favorite parts of the series. I was just very surprised by how much I fell in love with the characters. Now, uh, that's not to say that there are no other complaints that I have. Um, I think that the the second one, my, my only major complaint would be uh, that I think that there needs to be more of a degree of ambiguity in terms of what's happening because the movie no excuse me the characters want you to think that well we we can't 100 percent verify whether or not this is possession or not and i think it's strange especially in the second movie that you would be getting to explore ideas like that because it's clear in the first movie that sometimes people just you know they they just think that something's wrong but really it's just echoey pipes or creaky floorboards and I think that that's a cool aspect of that job to acknowledge. But I think that it's weird that the movie is so clearly showing us that, like, something greater is going on here. Like, this girl is not crazy. Something is happening in this house. But then once the characters get there, there seems to be like, well, well, we don't know for sure. It's like, but I know for sure. And I can tell you that there's no way that that was faked or that this girl is just you know, lashing out or has some sort of um, mental disorder, like it, it because of the way it's shot, because of the way it's staged, it, it's it's so obvious that that can't possibly be what it is. And I think that that's actually kind of a problem with me, for me, with a lot of movies that explore that similar idea. For instance, The Omen uh, and The Exorcist. Those movies are both movies where the characters spend a large portion of the film trying to determine whether or not... Uh, well, um, I think it's 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 more carried out, I think, in um, in The Exorcist than it is in The Omen. But 
Uh, both movies definitely deal with the idea of whether or not this is like a series of coincidences or like there's actually uh, something darker and more nefarious going on here. But also in both movies, I think it is very obvious what's happening. I mean, especially The Exorcist. That was something that really got to me after a while where that, that priest is like, well, I don't know. And uh, I, I I think that, you know, it, it's still possible. It, I didn't put holy water in the water, but I told her it was holy water. And it's like, dude, she's like bleeding pus out of her face and barfing green sludge and the bed's floating. Yeah, pretty sure she's possessed. Like, and it's a similar kind of situation in The Conjuring too, where it's like, Okay, uh, th there's no way that all of this could just stem from like oh, she has ADHD or she has multiple personality disorder. Like, uh, what? It's crazy. It's it's way too much. Their chairs are blown across the room. Paintings are flying everywhere. Crosses are turning upside down. Beds are floating. Like, I don't know. I th I think it's kind of kind of. There could be. They could have done a much better job of threading that needle and making the audience a little bit, making the audience just as unsure as the characters are. I think that would have uh, made for a very interesting story as well. But regardless, it's not a major complaint. It's just something that I picked up on where it's like they spend such a, uh, what feels like such a, a lot of time trying to figure out, well, is it real or not? When it seems so obvious from the get go, yes, it's obviously real. Go help this girl. I think that was maybe one of my only major complaints with the second one. And as far as the first one, honestly, I don't know. Nothing really jarring stood out to me. I think that these are all really enjoyable, like just fun to watch horror movies. The third one is one that I probably won't reach for very often. Uh, and I think that I never really heard much about it after it came out. And I kind of feel like there's there's reason for that. But I think the first two are definitely ones that I can see myself revisiting very often. There's not really much that I I didn't like, and and I just found them overall very enjoyable. And, and there's really awesome horror sequences, but then there's also a very sweet backbone to them, and, and I really like that. So overall, I mean, these movies were very enjoyable, and I highly recommend them to anyone who's a horror fan, or even people who are kind of more entry-level. I think this is perfectly fine um, as something that's not going to like scar you for life, but it's a it's kind of a good creepy time. So I think these were the perfect ones to review for this Halloween special. And uh, wow, made it to the third annual. That's crazy. I can't even imagine what I'm going to be doing next year. Who knows? But thanks for sticking with me this long. If this is the third one you'd listen to. And uh, uh, honestly, that's my grateful. Um, don't even need to really transition to that segment. I'm grateful for anyone who's listening to this, who's listened to all three of my Halloween specials. That's truly a gift, and I really appreciate you sticking with me through all that. I would be very curious to go back and listen to the first and second one because I haven't heard them in forever. I might not have ever heard them, to be honest with you. I don't listen to these. So, uh, yeah, man, that would be a wild trip. Maybe I should do that, see how far I've come. I, I would say that that the, the second one is probably... That one's that one's probably pretty decent. That one's probably comparable to what I made here. But I, I have no idea on on the first one. That that'd be really interesting. Anyway, thank you as always for listening, um, and thank you for uh, telling friends if you've done that. Thank you for rating and reviewing if you've done that. I appreciate anything that you do to help support the show and spread the word about it. It means the world to me. And uh, yeah, uh, until next time, happy Halloween. <laughs>